Did you put on lipstick for this recording? <laughs> I put on lipstick because it was driving me crazy that I didn't have lipstick on. And I was, didn't want to look at myself with no lipstick. <laughs> okay, let's start. Okay. Recording episode 113 last week, which was aptly titled, uh, We Don't Know What We're Doing. <laughs> True words never spoken. But we spun off into a conversation about our strengths and weaknesses in making a podcast, actually in making two podcasts. And one of the things that you said that really perked my ears up was that you spend you know, a lot of your day listening to podcasts, all different genres, all different kinds, you know, mainly because you're a fan of the medium, but also now that you have two podcasts, you're listening with a producing ear all the time about like, oh, this seems to really be working. Oh, that didn't really work. Um, You know, listening as a listener. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that really profound what I said? (laughs) But as a listener, but also as a, a producer and a host yourself. Yes. I knew that you listened to a lot of podcasts. You're constantly recommending to the Sort of Awesome team different shows to listen to or, or things to kind of try out or whatever with our shows. But so I knew that about you, but it still made me sit up and listen because I was like, oh, I wonder what she actually thinks <laughs> is a thing that works or doesn't work. Like, I just want to hear a little bit more from you as someone who's been successful at this and who has listened to all kinds of things, not just your preferences, but like as a producer, what you think works and doesn't work. Like, can you just tell me kind of what you're thinking as you listen to those things or um, things that stand out to you that you've learned over the past couple of years of listening? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, some of it is definitely going to be preference and taste. So I do listen to a variety of, uh, of podcasts. And and so I hear people doing different things on those. Uh, like reading books, and everybody has their own sense of taste and preference for a format of a book, and they really, you know, might be drawn towards a certain genre of writing. I feel like it's definitely the same in podcasting that you might be drawn towards this producing style or that. Some people when it comes to producing podcasts, are totally fine with and want to keep a very, very natural conversational feel to what they're creating and to what they release. They think that that, you know, for them, their angle on producing is that this is a medium where people can be very casual and um, really bring the listener in to hearing a conversation. And that's definitely a school of thought. I feel like... when I listen to podcasts, I really prefer and take note of the podcasts that put a strong emphasis on the listener experience. So that's going to mean um, a couple of things. First of all, the main thing that would come to mind would be in the actual audio of the person that you're listening to, doing things like taking out ums, taking out excessive word ticks, verbal ticks, which we all kind of had to examine in ourselves as sort of sort of awesome started and like hearing back our own verbal ticks and what we wanted taken out, mouth noises. I mean, the basic things that we definitely do in normal, natural conversation that you want to polish up a bit. I prefer that as I'm listening. And I feel like that is a big part of the listener experience because it's not just aesthetics. For me as a producer, 
when somebody is listening, I feel like that that is such a, um, I know this word is going to sound really uh, maybe over the top, but I feel like it's truly an honor that a, a person would put their earbuds in or turn us on in the car or have us playing in the background of their home. I think that that is a, a privilege that they're giving us that time out of their day. So what I do not want to have happen is at, for people to be pulled out of the conversation. And a lot of times verbal tics, mouth noises take you out of the conversation. And I want to honor the person's time. If they're going to dedicate you know, this much time to listening, I think that it's important to make that experience really excellent um, as much as possible. I think one of your strengths is that when I listen back to Sorta Awesome, it doesn't sound heavily edited. Although I know that you take out our verbal tics. Even though we've gotten a lot better at not having those ticks anymore as we've gone on, of course, people say, um, and like, and have an awkward pause and whatever. <laughs> and, and we don't take those out for the Patreon episodes. That's the quote unquote benefit of them. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that they are unfiltered. Yes. But I have noticed in your editing style that you, in removing those things, it doesn't sound edited. So when I listen back to Sorta Awesome, it sounds like two people speaking and they just happen to be really articulate good. Yeah. speakers. <laughs> really good at talking. <laughs> when I was there for the original, and I know that <laughs> we are not necessarily really good speakers at all times. That is a truth of producing podcasting. Whatever podcast you are listening to, if you do not notice the editing at all, that means it's been really well edited. And I that that point was really driven home to me when I happened to catch a tweet. This has been a long time ago from Jessica Reedy, who produces NPR's show Pop Culture Happy Hour, which is one of like my model shows. I that's the first podcast I listen to consistently. As I formed Sorta Awesome, I, even though we're different shows, I had a lot in mind from that show in terms of how I wanted Sorta Awesome to sound. And she was talking on Twitter about, Jessica Reedy was talking about how long it takes to edit. So they will record their weekly episodes that are 45 minutes-ish, and they'll they'll record like an hour and a half worth of material. And then she said that it takes her like six to ten hours to edit it. So, wow. Yes. Yeah. So when you listen to Pop Culture Happy Hour, it's the same thing. It sounds like four smart, articulate people just sitting down and firing off smart, interesting opinions. 40 minutes, boom, 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 you're done. And so to know that it takes hours upon hours to put that audio together in a way to where you don't even notice the editing at all is truly an art form. And I think she is a, a fantastic producer to be able to create it that way. And I think that, you know, in, in lots of, it, that's a panel talk show type situation, but that's even more true in a narrative style podcast where you have, you know, sort of the host who's kind of telling the story, like Serial, for example, or S-Town, and they have hours and hours and hours of other people's voices that they're pulling from and drawing in as you're listening to cereal, it feels like natural. Like you feel like you're with Sarah Caning along in the car, but to think about like how much production went into that to give you the experience of feeling like you're along for the ride is truly incredible to think about. So truly how long, tell me how long it would take you to edit an episode of sort of awesome. Like, let's say a co-host episode, not a guest episode where a guest might take 
a longer time because they're not used to mm. being on audio or yes. whatever. But just give me an average of how long a regular Friday episode of Sorta Awesome it would take you to edit. So average, we have we'd have like let's say on average about an hour's worth of material um, to edit. It would take me two and a half, maybe three hours, depending. Sometimes I'd say two and a half to three hours. Uh, um, on average. And that's after <laughs> I've been doing this for two years, over two years. Um, because again, it's a lot, there's a lot of polishing and, and truly with the co-hosts, it really is polishing now with um, guests. Again, if you are not used to hearing yourself all the time, it's, you're not going to think about as you're talking to someone, um, how you say things. And so, uh, within the audio medium, you want to keep, uh, this was another point I was going to make about the listener experience is a good editor is constantly mindful of their own interest as they're listening to the audio. So I know if I'm listening back to audio and I start to check out and like kind of daydream or wander, then I'm, oh, like, then I'll come to and be like, okay, this this part has to go or this part isn't interesting. Or I, lo- I lost the thread as I'm listening back. So I definitely need to rein in some of these words or um, really think about, okay, what's happening in this section of audio to where I lost interest in what's going on. And I think that that is huge too. And, I, and again, I think there's different approaches to different shows. So like on Smartest Person in the Room, you are doing more, like you said, it's it's definitely interview style, but it's, you do it in a very conversational way. But the vast majority of people that you talk to for Smartest Person in the Room are not used to hearing themselves um, played back on audio. But you're talking to each of those people about something they feel passionate about. And so they're naturally, I mean, everybody likes to talk about things that they have enthusiasm for. So they're naturally going to use a lot of words to explain to you or to answer your questions. So then it's my job, I feel like my role then is to take those words that they had and like sort of boil it down, distill it down to convey accurately what they wanted to say about, you know, their job or their belief or whatever that they were talking to you about, convey it accurately, but in a the most concise way so that the listener can track with them the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's interesting though, that it still would take you three ish, two and a half, three hours to edit a normal Friday episode of sort of awesome because we produce our episodes. So like we, we plan them, we have sections, you know, yes. Points we want to make. Yeah. Most of the time, episode 113 (laughs) is, notwithstanding. But most of the time we know what we're doing enough. Mm -hmm. So it still takes you that many hours to just take out um, ums and like rabbit trails, because that is sort of one of the things that happens on Sort of Awesome is we maybe take a bit of a tangent. Mm -hmm. We follow the energy. I think as we're talking, it is a chat you know, it's not scripted by any means. So we oftentimes follow the energy, but then like later we'll be like, no, that was, that was rando 3000, like take that out. Yes. And you know, it depends too on the co-host because a lot of times when you finish a recording almost immediately after you'll fox me or text me and be like, this section went on way too long because you really have a good producing year too. So you'll be like, I talked to, I talked way too long about that. And so that helps when people see that. Um, 
Definitely, because I don't I don't know how to really convey the actual act of editing, but I am super, super nitpicky to where even pauses, like I, I want the whole thing to just flow so smoothly. And so I'll listen to, it's like, you know, I'll listen to 10 seconds of audio and within that 10 seconds, there may be a pause that I, sh- that I tighten up. There may be an um that I take out or a like or whatever. And if you do that every 10 seconds over an hour's worth of material, it adds up. It adds up. So Okay, let's circle back to the original question. So okay. listening to all kinds of different shows, um, listener experience matters to you the most, not getting distracted by too much casual blah-de-blah. Mm-hmm. Now, what is something... Um, like, do you have a format that you really are drawn to? There's all kinds of different podcast formats. And do you have a format or... You know, kind of a bigger picture thing that you you can start a show and immediately know, like, I think this isn't for me. Mm. Oh, that's a good question. I hadn't thought about it that way. In terms of myself as a listener, I definitely prefer shows with a consistent format. And I think that that probably plays into a big part of how Sort of Awesome came into being and that we have you know, show opener or like an opening paragraph. We have Awesomes of the Week, and then we move into the topic. As a listener, just as a as a civilian <laughs> listener, when I'm not really listening with producing ears on, I love that predictability. And I, I guess, again, that may just be a matter of personal preference and tastes. But the shows that I enjoy the most, whether it's Pop Culture Happy Hour, whether it's Gimlet's um, Reply All or Babysitter's Club Club, which is a comedy show, but even on a comedy show, they have a predictable format where they, they do the same kind of conversation, like they do um, a segment where they do an overview of what the book is, the Babysitter's Club book that they discuss, that they're, they're reading and discussing that week. They do that, and then they have certain segments that they do every week. It's funny, it's comedy, there's going to be different discussions every week, but those are like the... Um, What's the word? Those are the things that I know I can count on in every episode. So apparently I like predictability as a listener. And then I think that goes over into how I think about creating shows. Um, but that's that's only for like weekly shows or right. consistent shows. So yes. you like consistency in your consistency. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what about a show like Serial or hmm. S Town or you know that are narrative shows? There, those aren't uh, that I can see. There's not a format to each episode, right? I mean, they're being pre- they're being presented on a bigger story arc. So, yes. like episode one is moving. You know what I mean? Yes. Instead of by episode arc, although maybe they do. I don't know. Yeah, they have an arc per episode and then an overall arc. Yes. Yes, I think that's very accurate for narrative shows. There's definitely an arc per episode. There definitely there's a through line that they are pulling through the bigger arc. Each episode should build towards and, and take a hold of that through line for sure. Uh, but each episode needs to be interesting and keep you engaged as a standalone as well. Um, in terms of like a show that I would think, oh, this show isn't for me. Um, I personally don't do well with shows where um, the host is there primarily to hear themselves talk or to further their thing. 
Like if they don't have a sense of curiosity about their subject matter, if you can tell from the beginning they have an agenda and they're leading their guests, either if it's in an interview style, and I guess even in maybe in, in a narrative style, this could happen. If you can, if it's fairly obvious that the course has already been set and we're and you can tell from the beginning where you're where they're going to take you that's a turnoff for me i like to feel like there's a sense of curiosity and we may not know where this interview is going to go it may go in somewhere unexpected um if there's a sense of openness from the host or you know whoever you're listening to whether they're uncovering a story or doing an interview to me that's that's where the listener engagement comes in so I don't know if that makes sense at all. But if I can tell from the start, like, oh, gosh, I know. Okay, it's obvious what this guy is going to, you know, what he wants this guest to say or or what he's going to pull out of this story. I don't know. That's just not interesting to me. What shows or episodes do you immediately press play on? Is it... Mm about the content? Is it about the guest? Is it because you love the hosts so much? Like, what will you see? Because I'm assuming that your feed in your app is just chock full every morning. (laughs) (laughs) What makes you go, I'm going to start with this one? Mm, That's good. That's such a good question. I think primarily, this is probably very reflective of my personality. It's the shows where I really like the hosts. And so I will press play on those first. So like, um, just speaking broadly again, uh, a reply all with PJ Voigt and Alex Goldman. I enjoy them deeply as hosts. They've very rarely let me down in the, you know, three years or whatever I've been listening to them in terms of um, creating interesting audio to listen to. I trust them and I like them. And so those are going to be ones I hit play on first. And it doesn't even have to be like a major network show. I could say the same for the podcast. I know Knox and Jamie. I like them. I trust that whatever their topic is, even if they're going to be talking about something I'm not super familiar with, because I don't know all the aspects of pop culture that they do, but I know it's going to be a funny show. I know I'm going to laugh at some point. So yeah, I think that that's a big decider for what I hit play on first. Now, Sometimes I actually do use podcasts the way I think a lot of people do, which is to learn about something. So if I've got a thing that I've got to figure out, or I'm like, how am I going to do this? Or I need new ideas or fresh ideas on this, then I don't actually necessarily care about the host so much. I'm much more interested in the information that they're going to be able to bring to me through whatever topic they're covering. Well, how do you find new ones, though? Like, I know you all, you have a set list that you are are pretty loyal to, but Mm -hmm. you are also constantly trying new things or you'll hear about something. And so you'll give it a listen and, and you'll recommend it to us or not Mm -hmm. on the team because we are oftentimes talking about how to make our show better or, you know, things other shows are doing. And, you know, just, we try to, in general, keep our finger on the pulse of the podcast world. But I feel like you always hear about them first. Where do you, where are you picking up your recommendations? Or like, or you probably are inundated with recommendations. And how do you sort through and be like, okay, I'm not going to try that. I am going to try this. Mm, That's a good question too. I used to, back when we were starting Sort of Awesome, and even before we launched it, I used to use the iTunes charts 
quite a bit because I felt like, well, if they're at the top of the charts, they're obviously doing something right. So in that in that time, I would go through and listen and see if a show was for me or not. And honestly, none of those shows stuck around. I'm much more reliant on people's personal recommendations. So even if I don't know the person, even if it's on Pop Culture Happy Hour, and they recommend, that's how I found um, The Turnaround, Jesse Thorne's The Turnaround, which you and I both listened to, um, a, a podcast just about um, doing interviews, about the art of the interview. I heard about that on Pop Culture Happy Hour. Um, you know, the podcast or even personal recommendations. I have um, some neighbors and also friends who also are sort of podcast hobbyists. And they'll say, they'll ask, have you listened to this? And so if somebody feels enthusiastic enough to make a recommendation about a podcast, I will almost always at least check it out to see what they're doing. I may hang on to it as a listener because I liked it, or I may just listen again, producing wise to see what they're doing that is landing with people. And that, and that kind of determines if it's going to stick around for me or not. How do you personally in your heart feel about everyone and their dog starting a podcast right now? I didn't know you were going to ask me that. You didn't know I was going to ask you any of these questions. We did not plan a single thing for this conversation. I, I so I'm, I'm really whirling a matcha. You really are. In fact, I was prepared to talk about the technical aspects. <laughs> not the emotional ones. Uh, my palms are sweating right now, so thanks for that. <laughs> um. Since these are our inner circle of friends, I'm just going to be super candid. Um, it's it's really it's shaken me up quite a bit that there are so many new podcasts coming out, podcasts coming out from people with big names who already have big followings, big enthusiastic and loyal followings. It, I went through a, I went through a little bit of a spin out over the summer, honestly, um, because. I kind of lost my grasp on like, who are we to be, you know, to think we can create a a weekly show for people or who are we to try to do really important, relevant, topical work like with smartest person in the room when famous people are at the top of the charts or leading the charts in this medium. Um. I feel really conflicted about it because, of course, I love podcasting and I can see why anybody would want to create a podcast. It's a really awesome thing to get to do. It's so fun. And I can see how if you are a big name person, a big name teacher or um, somebody who's really well known, that this would give you as a person and an artist an opportunity to do something fun and creative that's not um, dictated to you by so your publisher or the people who run your speaking events. So I get the appeal of it. There, and I, I don't struggle with jealousy generally in life, but there is a jealousy component in that we have been working so hard for two and a half years on creating this show and put so much thought and time and energy into every single episode um, and really worked really, really hard to start from. I mean, we we came into sort of awesome with having some people who were part of our former blog audiences and who knew us through that. But we, I feel like we've worked so hard for every listener. 
And for every person who would recommend one of our shows to somebody else to listen to, and then to know that because of the way fame and culture works, that somebody can just be like, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to start a podcast. And it's like soars to the top of the charts. That's hard. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I don't really know how to make it better than what it is, except to say it's really hard. It was hard in my heart. It really was. But it has been discouraging to have people who are very famous in another medium to take on podcasting and immediately have millions and millions of downloads. Because while we came to podcasting with a platform of sorts um, from both of our online work, it didn't automatically translate. Like I feel like we started two and a half years ago at a point where we were having to teach every person, like, this is what a podcast is. This is how you download one. This is how you subscribe. Like it was a real slog. Now that a lot of people can do podcasting or, you know, can listen and, and much more famous people than we are come in and, and start one that everybody wants to listen to. Of course they do. Of course they want to listen to it. It's like, I feel like we did the hard work of it, mm. of like teaching people how to do it. And now um, yeah. we get bumped to the bottom of the list. Because unlike blogging, which was our world before this, I was very much like, there's room for all of us. Yay. The more bloggers, the better. Like I you know, could celebrate that so much. Because reading a blog post only takes a few minutes. Like Mm. I was like, click through, click through to all the things, read all the amazingness. Everyone has a lot to share. That's not true with podcasts. Like you only have so many hours in a day. And and most podcast episodes are, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, or, or a lot of them are. And so like... You might listen to the famous person before you listen to the startup. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so we do get bumped down. Like in the blog world where it – and we haven't. We've actually continued to grow quite a bit. So it, it's not that we aren't growing, but just to like look around at the landscape and be like, oh, gosh, there isn't room for everyone. Mm. Yeah, it's so true, especially especially because – especially with Sorta Awesome, we know our – our ideal and, and um, sort of main listener is a woman. And um, a lot of times women, whether they have kids or not, we are we carry a lot of burden for scheduling and kind of making things happen in uh, our personal lives and all of that. So we're already working with a group of people who have limited hours for sure, for sure. Uh, we're also the whole getting people to even listen to podcasts, like you were just saying, it's so it's a much bigger entry point. It's a much harder entry point than having somebody just click through and read a blog post, which is not to demean blogging or online writing at all, of course. But time-wise and accessibility, I feel like we already have so many challenges that are ahead of us. So yeah, it's it's discouraging. In some good ways, it's helped me to really think about what makes sort of awesome different and think about how we can build on that. And those are thoughts I maybe wouldn't have um, really dug into if I wasn't feeling a little jealous or a little shaken up. Um, So I hope in the end that that good comes from it. But truthfully, it's been hard. Well, I did not know this was going to take an emotional turn, actually. (laughs) But... (laughs) 
Um, it is a challenge. I think you're right. We are rising to the challenge, but it, you know, it can take you down a few pegs when you start to, you know, see the charts shift or, or see the numbers change or whatever. I do think that it's challenging us in a good way. And and we're ultimately going to, it's going to propel us, um, like onward. Right. You know, sometimes it it takes a minute to adjust. I do want to say, if you're listening to this Patreon episode, then that means that you support us monetarily. That's the only way you can listen to these episodes. You cannot believe how grateful we are for your support. Yes, Um, truly. And, you know, without making this a commercial by any means, but because you are our inner circle and you obviously must like something about what we do or you wouldn't give us your dollars, um, the best way for us to grow, there's a few ways that really do help us grow and growth is the only way we can continue on. The biggest thing, the two biggest things are leaving a generous iTunes review. Yes. Yep. Uh, that is just because of algorithms and the way iTunes work and, and the way the charts work and all of that. That is very, very important to us. If you have a second, we would love it if you would just put that on your to-do list. It's free. It only takes a few minutes. It's very helpful to us. But to the other bigger thing, possibly even even much bigger, is uh, to tell your friends who, you know, listen to podcasts or to share an episode. Like if, if there's one particular episode that you really enjoyed or or meant something to you or whatever, um, that you would, you know, put it on your social media or text all your girlfriends or whatever and say, hey, I would love it if you guys would listen to this. Podcasting in general still, even as it gains in popularity, is really hard to share. It's really hard to like spread the word on a show. And so um, just sharing with the, your little your little circle means a ton to us. And thank you for listening to our completely side little chat <laughs> to we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and in case it's not clear, we still don't. <laughs> no. We just really wanted to drive that point home this week. <laughs> Truly, truly, what Laura said is so true. Word of mouth and passing along one episode or the whole show to your friends, family, to your mom's groups, whatever, um, all of it is so helpful. And we we really do appreciate it. So thanks for letting us um, come in and, and share a little bit more bonus conversation with you after our uh, last episode. And again, thank you so much for your support. Oh, quickly, I do want to say, um, if you're listening to this in your app, which you probably are, and you haven't realized that there is now a secret little special group for Patreon subscribers on Facebook. It is separate from the Hangout group. It is only the Patreon supporters, the co-hosts, and Megan have been in that group chatting away, not just on these special episodes that we have, but just, you know, things that we might not want to put in the whole humongous big hangout group right um are going in there so if you're listening to this and you didn't know that existed you might want to pop on there what's the what do they search to do that so you're going to search first of all we'll put a link into um the email that you'll get with this episode but if you're just on facebook and you want to search you can search for sa superstars and that will bring it up for you and all you have to do is enter in your email address that's associated with your patreon account and we will get you added to that group Fantastic. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Good.
Or maybe you should say that. <laughs> you say that. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.